Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, September 28th. What makes a man noble is not land, money, or social position, but character. Be true to your word, generous in giving, kind when faced by any wrong, and courteous to all, even to the lowliest beggar. Always defer to the truth. A truly noble man is one whose character is ever firmly upright. I'm just so glad Swamiji included this. I think the word noble is just a, an absolutely wonderful word. And Swami's referring to the, the, the older tradition of people who were landed aristocrats or inherited titles, the nobility from a social order in, that has pretty much, well, certainly dissolved in the United States. And in, it still may exist in some form in Britain and some other countries, but it doesn't have the same force that it had at one point. But it's very important that the word noble not be lost in the shifting of, of cultural traditions, because noble is a, it's just a magnificent word. And I know Swamiji always used it with a, with a particular, I would almost use the word reverence, when he would talk to someone about being uh, about some person being, you know, he was—he's a really noble man, Swami would say, and it always had this this sort of ring of of supreme praise, and I I think it's a it's a consciousness that we can all aspire to have, and unlike some of the requests Swamiji has been making of us in this book for right living, this is one that it it it's it's gentler. And it's more accessible. And it's something that a, a person in any position, with any degree of talent or privilege or lack thereof, can nonetheless, or, or, or spiritual philosophy or lack thereof, or spiritual practice or lack thereof, you can just simply set your mind to it. You know, who do I want to be? How do I want people to call me? How do I want to, to see myself when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror? Um, this is being recorded in May 2020, and there's been a lot of political happenings all over the country. Some racial tensions under a racial tensions that have been simmering for a very long time have burst to the surface, and by the grace of God, in many ways, are being aired and shifted. And one politician who was in a position to take a bold and positive action to correct long-standing injustice, took, the, took, took it. He was given a, a, a window of opportunity and he stepped boldly through it. And the newscaster, in the way that they do, you know, how do you feel about what you've done? Why did you do that? Why did you just act without waiting for this or that? He said, every morning and every night I have to look at my own face in the mirror. He said, and I want it to be a man that I am proud to be. Golly, such straight talk from anybody in the political arena these days was completely, you know, it really won my heart 
He's no one I can vote for. He's on the other side of the country. But if I could, I would. I mean, that's who we want to be. Every day we need to look in the mirror. And Swamiji, you know, gives us the characteristics here. It's just character. Be true to your word. You know, there's, there's so much power in truth. It's, it's a divine power in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, commentaries about Sanatana Dharma and how it works in the world. If we always tell the truth, then, we, then our words gain the power of materialization. We can compel the universe itself to conform to what we say, because if our words, if the only words that come out of our mouth are reflective of truth, the power of truth itself will, will have to adhere to what we say. Now, so in, in his commentary on that, Swami emphasizes truth is not the same as fact. There can be certain facts, but truth is a deeper reality, which is to say, for example, which actually comes later here, to be kind. Kindness is, is a greater truth than mere facts. If someone, for example, as Swamiji said, is ill in the hospital and looks worse than you've ever seen them look, you don't walk into the hospital room and say, my God, you look terrible. You want to say, well, you know, it's, it's nice to see that you're here where they can take care of you, or whatever you want to say, but you want to give people energy with your truth. So that's one aspect. But the other aspect of it is simply, if you commit yourself to something, follow through. Swamiji was very scrupulous about that. If he said he would do something, if it proved inconvenient, if plans changed, he would still follow through, if at all possible, on what he had stated that he would do. Swami takes truth even a step further. He says, you should, your, your word should be your bond and your, even your resolution to yourself. That you should just always follow through on what you commit yourself to. And therefore, be very careful about how you commit yourself. I've enjoyed telling the truth in a way that's helpful, which is like, that doesn't mean that you are always blind to people's realities, but you always say it in such a way that's helpful. Just today I was having a conversation, I was trying to explain someone's characteristic, and then I, I, I didn't want to be negative, but I needed to be truthful. I said, he has a high opinion of his own effectiveness, which... It was true. He has a high opinion of his own effectiveness. I didn't have to say anything else. That communicated. That communicated exactly what needed to be communicated. And it was kind. And it was true. And it's a great deal of fun. I mean, kind is the third quality he gives here. But kindness is, is the... What do you say? Kindness is the expression of people who know they have power but they, they're not going to exercise it unless it's helpful. People who are unkind, people, often people who are unkind, they're unkind because they feel powerless. And the way they get to feel powerful is by exercising petty tyranny over others. And that's why Swami says the word specifically, kindness. But when we're kind, it's mean that, it means that we have a choice. That within ourselves we have a choice. And to not be kind to people when we have the option of doing so, well, it sets up very dissonant vibrations and it speaks very ill. It speaks very ill of the person who's not kind. Why be unkind? What does it serve us? 
It, it only serves us if we have some terrible weakness inside ourselves that we need to strut around and be important when there's no reason to be that way at all. Swami talks here also about being courteous to all. Courtesy also is something that we can exercise when we look at people, why not? That's sort of the question, why not? What would prevent us from behaving this way? And are the qualities that prevent us from behaving this way, are they worth, are they worth cultivating within ourselves? I, I've had some interesting experiences because I used to be. I used to be in my life very sensitive. I felt very sensitive. And I mistakenly had the impression that this oversensitivity of mine was, was somehow indicative of spiritual refinement. I was just totally confused, truthfully. I just thought, you know, I'm so sensitive. I, I have all these psychic abilities and I, I think about all these things. So I was always having to protect myself. And as a consequence, there was a shield and there was even what I would call the preemptive strike. Always the need to just make sure that I held the world at bay. Thank God I've come out of it. Because one day I just realized, it just occurred to me out of nowhere. Good heavens, Asha, this is not strength. This is weakness. If you actually are all that spiritual, then you ought to be able to move through the world in perfect ease. Why would everybody be such a threat? Why would you have to be protected and not kind? Why would you always have to be thinking about yourself? I just realized I just turned the whole thing on its ear. And uh, I actually had a very funny experience with that. There was this man who was part of our community for a long time. He was a very big, very strong man with a very strong voice. He and I were doing a class on affirmations together. And uh, we had sort of divided it up. I wasn't really quite clear what part he was going to play. When it came time for his part, he was leading an affirmation. We were sitting quite, quite next to each other. And he's, you know, he probably outweighed me. Well, three to one would probably be too high. But he was certainly double, double who I am in size and girth and everything. And the affirmation he chose was one I would never have chosen. It was... I am strong, I am powerful, I can move through the world, nothing can touch me, I am strong, I am powerful. And he sits next to me and he starts, I am strong, I am powerful. And I, my a little hard to say, I am weak, I am frail, I am weak, I am frail, I am strong, I am powerful, no I'm not, no I'm not, no I'm not. And I thought, heavens, what are you thinking? Of course you are strong and powerful. And I jumped in behind him, you know, with as big a bass voice as I could get. And it was like, you know, this is who we are. And when you, when you are in that, it's like you can afford to be kind. You can afford to be courteous to everyone because what, what can they do to you? You know, nothing. When I was working my way through those oversensitivities, Divine Mother sent me a few, a few people I could learn from. Part of my oversensitivity was the, the loudness of people's voices and the proximity, the physical proximity, what people felt was an appropriate distance. Divine Mother sent me this man who was, again, he was probably, he was, he was like, like, he was about six and a half feet tall and kind of all arms and shoulders like this. He was from another country, so his English was always a bit of an effort. And I don't know what country he was from, I don't remember but apparently they were mostly hard of hearing. And their sense of uh, what was an appropriate physical distance was a matter of inches, inches. So Divine Mother sent him to me, and he would come very close to me, 
Then he would lean over me, and then he would speak to me in English that I had difficulty understanding in a very loud voice. So, you know, it wasn't merely that I, I had, and he was a perfectly fine man. He just had these odd mannerisms. And so there he was, you know, I was just buried in his sound waves, in his vibrations. It was wonderful. Because I just stood there and I thought, what's the problem? The only problem is in my mind. But I'm not hurt. I'm perfect. I can just stand here. He can talk to me all day. What difference does it make? You know, that's how we need to think. Like, how can I help? How can I be kind? And Swami uses the word also generous. You know, um, we can be, let me think what the words are, true to our word, honest, generous, kind, courteous to all. Doesn't that sound simple and accessible? When I was reading this one, I was so grateful for it. Because it, it takes really a huge idea and makes it really simple. True to my word, generous, kind, and courteous. Who could not do that? But if you just even start in the morning, or start whenever you happen to hear this, whatever time of day it is, the next moment, listen to your words. Do I really mean these words? Do I intend to follow through? Generous, how can I help? What can I give? You know, generous isn't just money, it's what can I give? When that man, for example, was leaning over me and talking to me, what I needed to be was generous with my attention. Clearly, he needed my attention. There was no question about it. So I could, I could say that, you know, my attention is valuable and I need to take it somewhere else. Or I could be generous with my attention, which I was. You know, he was such a person, I'm sure many people would not be generous with their attention. But why not? Why not, really? How much does it take from me to be able to do that? And how much does it give to him? You know, these are the kinds of qualities that if we just quietly and steadily on a day-to-day basis, you know, truthfulness, true to my word, generosity of spirit, kind and courteous. And then, every morning and every night, when we look ourselves in the eye in the mirror, we'll be very happy with what we see. What makes a man noble is not land, money, or social position, but character. Be true to your word, generous in giving, kind when faced by any wrong, and courteous to all, even to the lowliest beggar. Always defer to the truth. A truly noble man is one whose character is ever firmly upright. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.